Hello, my friends. This is Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. A production of ResurrectMinistry.com where we're harnessing the power of the internet to share the gospel throughout the world. We have all kinds of resources for you to check out. We'd love for you to visit the website and drop us a line. Send us a comment. Tell us how we could pray for you. Um, if you're new to the website or you're new to Christ, please feel free to ask a question. We answer all of those personally. And if you care to partner with us, you can click the donate now button. Does it make reference to the Real Life Network that we're on? Of course it does. Okay, just want to make sure because that's uh, <laughs> one of our favorite websites it's to, to the watch. the most favorite website. <laughs> uh, make sure when you're watching, you comment if you have any questions for our our guest. You may not know who, know who our guest is. Uh, make sure and type in the comment and let us know what you think about what we're discussing or if you have any questions for our guest. And uh, that would be great. Anytime you type into the comments, it pushes it out to other people so they can see it. Uh, also, make sure and look down on the description where you'll find a couple of our sponsors. Uh, LifeWise is one of those sponsors. They're a Christian-based company. Uh, use the URL livelifewise.tv. That will let them know that you are representing um, the Living Fairness Devotional Show. And then, of course, StreamYard. This is the platform we're using right now uh, to go live. And it's very simple to use. And it's uh, there's a free version that you can use. But use the URL getstreamyardnow.com. Again, that will let them know that you are referencing um, the Living Fearless Devotional Show. Are you ready for a guest? I am, I am excited <laughs> because um, it's um, uh, we're going to be discussing some things that we I've been wanting to ask him for a very long time. Like all the burning questions that you have in your heart where yeah. you're like the famous, awesome pastor. And you're like, God, I wish I could ask him a question. You know, in his last, his last message on Sunday, he said, he talked about how busy he was and he said, I just want to be alone. And I go, oh no, <laughs> I go, but uh, not, you can be alone after our show. There you go. That's what you can do. So here's a little intro for our, our next guest. I hit the wrong one. Here we go. You ought to be able to say something accurate about his characteristics and his attributes, even if you're a brand new believer. Somebody might say, explain to me God. Well, the brand new believer can say this. I don't know if I can explain God to you, but I can tell you this. I once was lost. Now I'm found. <laughs> I love that. Let me get rid of some of the stuff that just popped up on there. You'd think we'd never done a show before, Jack. <laughs> there we go. Hey, Pastor Jack, how you doing? We miss you so much. Oh, miss you guys. Love you guys. So proud of you guys to see what's going on and how you're using your resources and your, your reach to advance the gospel. It's awesome. I love you both. I miss you. Listen, I can close my eyes and I can see you in the sanctuary to my left. And, um, you know, yeah, love you. Love you and your family much. I can't tell you that uh, how you affected Hedia when we didn't show up for a couple of weeks. We'd already told, we messaged you and said, we're, you know, I don't think we messaged them yet. We didn't we, tell him we what we were not doing. Yet. And uh, week had gone by. And we're thinking he'll never notice that we're gone because there's nine thousand people that <laughs> attend service. And then we get a text from you that says, Miss your smiling faces. <laughs> yep. And Hedia screamed. I thought we were being burglarized. And she goes, He just has, he knows we're not there. <laughs> Her hair was on fire. It was pretty awesome. Oh, goodness. First of all, I'm I don't know what to say to that other than I grew up at a church where if I wasn't around, the pastor would have noticed, and it was a gigantic church. And I just think it's part of God's call upon our lives, right? Each of us have been mm -hmm. called to do what he wants us to do, and there's nothing like 
living life in the lane that God has given you. And so, yeah, when you guys uh, were not there, uh, plus, you know, Andy, you're always smiling and, and Hedia, you smiling as well. But um, I'm not going to tell everybody how tall you are, but Hedia could be a pro basketball player. <laughs> yeah, she gets things off the top shelf for me oh, that yeah. I can't reach. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I want to ask you that I didn't plan on this, but I want to ask you to do us a, a little bit of a favor. There's some friends of ours that join all of our shows. Uh, and I just, there's a couple of them I want you to say hi to. Cindy Hauser, she's a, a pastor. Um, she's out of, oh, now I'm Oklahoma. Oklahoma. She's church of the there. Nazarene is her church. Yeah. Yes. Well, hello then, to you. She's on right now. Yep. She's on. Yep. She just said, hi. I don't know if you can see the comments well, popping up here. Let me look around. Let me look around. Yeah, on the screen. yeah. Well, hello to you back and, uh, Oklahoma. It's been one time I was there and no more. I was just there once passing through. I yeah, see this now. I got to get my eyes off the camera. Oh, so, sorry about April, that. And April Roga, she's a good friend of ours. Oh, that's great. Kate Reed, she watches from Australia. Oh, yes. And she's a, she's an avid supporter of yours. So she oh, watches Kate. every week from, from Australia. God bless you, Kate. This is and amazing. Then, uh, and then Hooked on Jesus. Hooked on Jesus. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a good, then, yeah, that's good. Yeah, then we have a whole bunch of other people. Now we're now we're getting bombarded. So I, I apologize to everybody that I didn't get to. Lisa Wood is another great friend of ours, and and the, a whole bunch of others. Paul Beyer, I worked with him at Anaheim Police Department, and you, uh, he actually lived in Israel and was a uh, in the army in Israel. My I believe might have even been a police officer. Thank you but, for that. Uh, a great great guy. So uh, I want to get to my first question, and it has to do. And I'm going to start light, and then Hedia has her much more difficult questions. Oh, yeah. my, my questions are the easy ones. Um, but uh, I'm going to show a clip um, because one of the, my favorite things about you is that um, your humor really is a, a great aspect uh, of, of your messages. And so I just want to give people a little bit of an example of, of some of this is just from last Sunday alone. Here we go. Because you've been laying in the bed. You haven't been on earth. You've been in your Mike Lindell, my... <laughs> my my mattress my pillow <laughs> and you just you go from that into my slippers <laughs> and preach my word to my people mm. immediately i got it yeah i gotta find a jew <laughs> no really heaven sees it there's a great cloud of witnesses yay there they go let's see what they do and hell from beneath sees it. Who knows? Maybe even demons are driving down the street. Can you imagine? A bunch of demons. I just, I'm sorry, I see them in a lowrider kind of car. There's, there's smoke billowing out of the window crack. And there's demons, like 10 demons in one old Cadillac going by. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so my question is, you know, I, I've listened to Jack, or not Jack, Chuck. Um, your uh, mentor yes, yes. Uh, and um, uh, other pastors, and Hedia knows this, um, I, I, they can be a little bit um, stale. Is that the right word? Is that wrong? It's dry. Yeah, dry. But um, is it purposeful or do you just want to be yourself? Is this something that you're taught yourself to bring into the messages? Why, why is humor and some of your own personal stories so important for your sermons? I'm so grateful for a strong biblical foundation. I did not have a Christian upbringing at all. There was no God in our lives as, as kids. 
And so when I first heard the gospel in 1977 at Pastor Chuck Smith's church, um, one of the first things that I realized with his teaching, which was really a revelation for me, you guys, because I grew up in a home that was, um, it was very, very, very legalistic, but without religion. It was very, very moral, but no God. And so there was no love also. It was just a loveless home. And so when I heard that there was a God who loved me, that shocked me to no end. I couldn't believe this. And then that this God knew me, Jeremiah chapter one, before I was ever born, he fashioned me. And it just, you guys, Hetty and Andy, it just made sense to me just like that, that if this God is who he says he is and trees are the shape that they are and clouds are the shape that they are and squirrels do what they do and the waves of the sea do what they do, then I'm supposed to be who I am and love God with all of my heart. And so I have never, I've never had the temptation to be somebody else. I've never had the temptation to try to mimic someone else. I am not going to be somebody else if that's what the ministry is. If I've got to be someone else, then I'm out today. And I would never would have started 35 years ago in preaching or teaching the word publicly as I do today. Um, listen, Jesus died for my sins. He didn't die for my personality. <laughs> um, and that's true for, for you guys as well. The, the, the nuances about your life and the way that you see things and your humor frankly, or the lack thereof. That's nothing to repent of or to boast about. It's the way God made you. And what we want to make sure, right, as believers, that our lives are sanctified uh, to his using. And so um, if it comes across in the teaching, it's not written in my notes, you know. Uh, it's not like laugh here kind of a thing. <laughs> I just let him, I just, I pray anyway. I trust that he's, using his word through me. And so that's the long answer. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I think that's one of the things that attracts people to you is that the, the teachings are amazing and, and very serious uh, mixed in with a little bit of humor and uh, even self-deprecation from time to oh, time. So we, yeah. we love it. Um, now for a little bit more serious question. Um, I uh, just uh, lay a little bit of background. So uh, Hedia and I, we've been very involved in the school district down here and in um, getting you. it, uh, we, I want to say fixed, we're on our way to getting it fixed. We've been successful just with about 15 to 25 other Christians um, to be able to do that. We have three conservative Christians on the board now out of five board members. Uh, one of them is a, uh, he's in the worship band at the church that we now attend at uh, Calvary Chapel, East Anaheim. Um, we even have a new superintendent now. Uh, and we had the mayor pray before the last school board meeting, which they've reported to the DA, the Orange County DA. <laughs> and in, in saying that, so we can do that with about 15 to 25 Christians in this area that, that are very strong and we go out and we move. I, I'm, I'm wondering why there, why there isn't more. Uh, when exactly. I look at, when I look at your church, there's 3000 people in the sanctuary. There's, uh, you know, way more than that, that are actually watching and in the overflow. But I, I just wonder, given that we need actual bold Christians today uh, more than ever, why do so many so-called Christians find it difficult to stand up boldly 
against the issues of the day, like sexualization of the children's schools, mm-hmm. hatred for America's true history, hatred for law and order, wow. hatred for Israel, and so on. It just seems like with, if we had more than 15 or 25 people, we'd be able to change everything about our society. What, what do you think it's holding so many Christians back that claim to be Christians? Yeah, Andy, you know what? We actually know the answer to that. It's actually documented very well. And that is when you look at the founding of this nation, you're looking at a very small group of people that made the truth known. So when I'm talking about small group, I'm talking about our pilgrim fathers. So when we talk about our founding fathers, our founding fathers, they talk about the founding fathers. And when they do that, when John Adams did that, and when Jefferson did that, they were talking about the pilgrim fathers. Got to remember, we're talking about 52 people starting this thing called America. How did that, how did we get here? Well, we got here because there was a deep reliance upon God and they weren't apologetic about that. And if you think I'm making it up, you can read the Mayflower Compact. It's very short. It will tell you what their mission was. And so having said that, we have allowed ourselves at some point in time to drift from the, for example, the colonial period sermons. I actually own hundreds of them that cost me over a thousand dollars to buy these sermons that were actually preached for about 65 years from the colonial pulpits. And these pastors addressed everything that was going on in Philadelphia or in Braintree or in Allentown. They actually addressed everything that was taking place through a biblical worldview lens. Some of the sermons even address the earthquake, the earthquake that happened in Virginia, and it was a certain date, and it was the Sunday sermon, and they preached a gospel message from Isaiah that it's the Lord who will shake the earth, and the mountains will tremble at his presence. They took what was current, brought the word of God to it, and our culture grew up knowing that there's an inseparable bond between reality and the existence of God as revealed in the word. And somewhere, you guys, pastors started teaching messages on how to have five happy thoughts about yourself. (laughs) And we have somehow run the ship up against the rocks. And thus, we've come to this place where there are people that meant, you mentioned school board, thank God you guys are involved, where there are people in the listeners that are on this program right now in their school board who think it's okay for kids to put condoms on bananas and to know how to use cellophane uh, during uh, sex acts as teens. Where are they learning this? In public school. Listen, our founding fathers, they actually would have hung people who were mm-hmm. doing this to children because that is, that is horrifically abusive. It is sick and demonic and debased. And so now we live in a culture where, yeah, you know what? It's their First Amendment right. Actually, no, it's not. And so I believe this. I believe pastors have gotten so far away from activating the truth that they claim to teach on Sunday. Here's the deal. You guys know me. I'm on Sunday to refuel your tank so that you guys can go out from Monday to Saturday and shine the light of the gospel to the world in every area of your life. And that's how we live. That's that's what we're to be doing. And 
if we don't do that, then we're going to become friends with the world. Uh, we are not going to be like Jesus. Jesus was the most loving, yet he was the most hated. We should be the most loving and the most hated by those who hate God. And so, Andy and Hedia, we need to get back to the simple, pure gospel. But instead of just preaching it, pastors need to go like this. They need to put their thumbs up and say, now get out there and get involved in the school board. Get out there and make sure that your neighbors are loved on and taken care of. Get out there and make sure that your friends know the gospel. Um, spectator Christianity has, has never done any good for anybody. Right. right. I think I'm going to leave my third one for the, the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's go ahead. I'm going to go with mine. So we were talking a little bit off camera about this topic, and I'm going to I'm going to give it a little bit more background because it, it honestly is really perplexing me because I didn't grow up, as you know, um, in the Christian community. I grew up a Muslim. And so this uh, I actually had a friend who's a long time, um, also Persian descent Christian, who told me, Hedia, you know, uh, I know you love Pastor Jack, but you got to be afraid of this Christian nationalism. You know, we don't want Christianity to be the state religion. That's right. We do not. Right. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And so apparently a, a version of this has come back up now in uh, since the um, attack on Israel, that because the conservative movement, I guess what they're considering the MAGA movement or whatever it may be, the college campus movement didn't come out vociferously in support of the Jewish community, they claim it was because they didn't come out in support of us. We were fighting, you know, anti-white stuff on campus. We were fighting uh, reverse discrimination, BLM riots, and the Jewish community was nowhere to be found. Therefore, when they need us, we're not going to speak up either. And this, the most, the most public display of this is between Candace and Ben Shapiro, both who are on the Daily Wire. Yeah. But then recently, a Jewish um, Messianic scholar who's a believer in Christ, Michael Brown, stepped in and basically said that Candace, Brown, uh, Candace Owens' comments saying Christ is king is signaling um, Christian nationalism. And it's a very dangerous trend. It's basically guised anti-Semitism. So where are we? Where is the church belong in this discussion? Is this another one of those like kind of rabbit holes of conservatism that we need to stay out of or? Yeah. Well, do you have any opinion? I do. I, my opinion is um, again, goes back to how I was brought up. I'm not big on labels. I don't fall for labels. I don't fall mm -hmm. for being framed. I don't mean that in a, in a nasty way, but you know, people, people feel more comfortable if they can frame you in a box of conversation that they can keep you there and pull you out and put you back in and, and deal with you or try to understand you that way. So listen, if I read my Bible, Christ is King. Does that make me a Christian nationalist? <laughs> <laughs> people might be shocked to discover that, uh, this Thing called Christian nationalism, I actually do not know exactly what they mean because I've heard various definitions of it. Let me put it to you this way. I'm a monarchist. I'm a monarchist. I do believe that Christ is king. I can't wait for him to come back and establish his kingdom. But in the meantime, I'm going to vote pro-life. I'm going to encourage people to vote pro-life. I'm going to encourage people to run for office who are pro-life. Why? Because my God in the Bible is pro-life. Mm -hmm. And um, even gender, definition of marriage. I'm going to ask a politician, where are you on these issues? 
see, if I begin to ask those questions as a pastor, I'm coloring now outside of the box of comfort zone. Mm. A lot of Christians don't, I don't want Jack to open his mouth one more time because he's going to make me think outside the box because I go to church on Sunday and then uh, that's uh, I'll go to church back again next Sunday. No, 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 no. This, the thing is this, that if I was a Christian nationalist, then I would have taken the Re Republican Party's offer to run for office. They wanted me to run for office twice, all paid for. We just need you. I declined. Why? It's not my calling and it's not my thing. And shock, I'm not a big fan of Republicans. <laughs> I'm definitely not a fan of Democrats who kill babies, but half of the Republican Party are baby killers by how they vote. So I'm not a Christian nationalist. And what do you mean by nationalist? Do I live in America? Yep. Do I have a U.S. passport? I'm sorry. I do. Uh, do I run around w waving an American flag and, and saying that the Messiah is going to land on Air Force One? No. Um, all the nations of the earth will fail, according to the scriptures, except Israel, God says in the Bible. Um, but it makes people more comfortable to say, gosh, I don't know how to deal with this guy. He believes Jesus could come back at any moment in the rapture, but he's also getting involved in, in various political groups that are pro-life. Guilty. I'm guilty. And so I'm occupying till he comes because the Bible says to do that. And I'm going to shine my light in every dark place. Hetty and Andy, you guys know me. I will find the darkest place to go shine the light of the gospel in. And if somebody, if somebody's hurting in South Central, then we're going to reach South, South Central. And we do. And so why? Because Christ could come back in any moment. So if you want to say, Oh, Hedy and Andy, don't get involved with that Christian nationalist. Just know this. That's somebody who has, they've had a hard time trying to put me in a box. So they found a box. But the problem is my arm's sticking out, half my head's sticking out. Because I'm not a Christian nationalist. God is not an American. Uh, God does not consult Congress or look to the presidency for leadership. Uh, America will probably sooner than we would, would want is going to meet a uh, horrific demise because the United States has offended God terribly and we're incredibly ripe for judgment. I expect that any day. If it doesn't happen, it'd be his mercy. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know how else to be as clear and direct, uh, awesome. but, let's, but let's make sure we all understand this. And I agree with John Hancock and John Adams. They said, we serve no king but, ki but King Jesus. Uh, that was in response to King George of England. The last time I read the book of Revelation, Rev chapter 19, Jesus is not only the king, he's the king, king. of kings, <laughs> and he's Amen. the lord of lords. So um, I don't know what Michael Brown, I'm not quite, I don't even know really who Michael Brown is, but uh, if he's a believer in Yeshua, uh, then Yeshua is king, and maybe he, I don't know. Well, is, so on the issue of anti, you had a podcast that was released today called, I don't know if you know the timing of when they come out, no. but it's called Grafted In. <laughs> and it's basically talking about division is necessary and that there would be this rise of anti-Semitism. So other than replacement theology causing it, which we know is saying that the church is now Israel, yeah. Um, yeah. is there are there other undercurrents? Are we seeing that now in light of the struggle against Israel that... 
I just don't see the church coming out as vociferously in support of Israel as I would have expected. Listen, and such a great question. You should be an attorney or something, you know? That's great. Um, we're not only seeing, I think we're seeing variants, just like COVID. Think of COVID. There's COVID, mm. and then there's the variants. We're, we're seeing the issue of like Israel or, or COVID. And since COVID, I mean, look how the world has changed and the church has changed since COVID. There are variant topics and issues that are connected to this octopus, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And we're watching that happen. And so uh, sadly, you guys, you are so spot on. We're, we, it looks like we're living in an age right now where the church uh, cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> in other words, um, it, it claims it knows and believes and studies this book, but then it goes around apologizing for what's in the book. What's going on? What happens is our emotions get in the way, I think, of the pure interpretation of what God's word has to say. Let the Bible interpret the Bible, and it's up to us to believe and to obey what the Bible has to say. And so uh, where is the church head yet? You asked that question. The church is divided. I'm not crying about it. You you said it right. I'm not, I'm not even worried about it. The church in the world's divided. It was divided during COVID, it turns out. Mm. Right. Just like we found out our kids yep. were being taught junk during COVID. Well, we also found out that there were churches that we were going to or tithing to that folded in an instant. The pastors tucked their tails in and ran away. And of course, they took government money, uh, but they closed the doors to their church. Go figure that one out. Um, mm. And now, you know, th when they did open up, a lot of them opened up a very woke and weird. <laughs> um, and what you and I thought was a church five years ago or three years ago didn't turn out to be a church after all. What's happening? No worries, everybody. Don't panic. God said in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that he's going to shake. He's going to sift. No, and everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. And that which can remain, it shall remain. So there's a shaking going on right now. You're being shaken. I'm being shaken. Everything's being shaken. And those that are standing on the foundation of the word of God, not emotions, they're going to stand. They're going to make it. So for all of us that are on this program right now, be careful that you're not formulating your arguments based on what he said, she said. But make sure that your arguments are rooted in the word of God. And you'll never, you, listen, it's not that you have to win. We don't have to win anything technically. We just need to stand on the word. But, you know, you stand on the word and you're going to be right. It may not be in this world, but it'll be discovered in, in eternity that you were right if you followed Jesus. Amen. Not me, not Andy, not Hedia, but Jesus. And you'll do fine. Amen. Wow. Thank you. So we're, we're getting a lot of comments. People are really loving the stuff that you're saying, just so. Just, yes. a little, just a little feedback. We get to <laughs> see I everything. Must, I must be doing something wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> it just says, uh, uh, Lisa says, birth pangs getting bigger and closer yeah. together. <laughs> Absolutely. And then Dr. Catherine says, wheat has, has to be shaken harder than barley. <laughs> oh, that's good. You can put that in your next message. Yeah, let me write that down. <laughs> uh, Kate out of Australia says, churches aren't even talking about what is happening in Israel here. In, in Australia, uh, and of woke OZ, uh, it's weird. Yes. Yeah, a lot of that stuff going on. Um, 
You're looking at me. Was it my turn? No, I get to ask oh. my question about um, oh. Genesis 1720. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure you have time for that. Ask away. Uh, ask away. So uh, God, uh, Muslims lay claim, as you know, to being the descendants of Ishmael. Um, the first son of prophet Abraham. And then God says in Genesis 17, 20, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. Yep. Um, at one point, I don't know if it was publicly or in a discussion that we had, you mentioned to me that you don't think that that's the Muslims, that they're not the blessed nation that God is referring to. First of all, am I quoting you accurately? And if so, then who are they? You are exactly quoting me accurately okay. because God is talking about the 12 sons, the 12 descendants of Ishmael. God said in the Bible, I'm going to bless them also. Right. And he's going to make them a great nation, just like he promised to the Jewish people. In fact, there are some Muslims right now that I think they're Muslims anyway. They're wearing the traditional like Saudi Arabian type garb. And they're saying that, for example, so many Palestinians and certainly Hamas and Hezbollah are wrong. These, the Jews are our cousins. Well, those guys are actually speaking the truth. Here's the thing. Isaac, a nation has come from him. Ishmael, a nation has come from him. But all of a sudden, in the 6th, 7th century, we have the supposed birth of uh, Islam via Muhammad. And you are assuming the world, I say, not you guys, um, the, the world assumes that uh, Ishmael, the Arab world, and Islam, Muslims, that they're inseparably, they're one and the same. Right. And why do we think this? Now, I, I Hedia, you may be more uh, astute on this than I, but I've seen this as a terribly a pathetic Western lazy worldview of looking at the problem. Uh, it, it, they don't understand, you know, listen, for example, I read twice the um, transcripts of Barack Obama's speech from Cairo, Egypt. Do you guys remember that way back when the birth oh, of the sure. Arab Spring? Absolutely. And, in the, and, and Barack Obama was attributing algebra and uh, irrigation and all kinds of technologies to the Muslim world, Muslim. He was saying Muslim, Muslim, Muslim. Yes. When those technologies were already around before Muhammad showed up, but Barack Obama attributed it to Islam and insulted the Arab world by doing that. Think about it. Oh, the, separating the Arab history from the Islamic history is your absolutely. point. Okay. Wow. Absolutely. Ah, so important. Well, think of, Exactly. Think about that. So I'm a Christian. Well, you must be a Baptist. Nope, I'm a Christian. Oh, you <laughs> must be an assembly of God. Nope, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. In fact, I happen to pastor Calvary Chapel. Forgive me for that. The church is nothing. The structure, the building's nothing. It's the people who come into it that are Christ followers. That's what I am. I'm a Christ follower. I'm not, listen, regarding the kingdom of heaven, I'm not an American. Well, I'm not a Portuguese. I'm not Portuguese either. <laughs> I am a Christ follower. And so there's been a lot of damage when people don't think things all the way through, because if you take the argument that it's all Muslim, that Ishmael was a Muslim, if you were to ask Joe on the street, was Ishmael a Muslim? You'd say, yep, I guess so. Right. Really? 
Well, that's interesting. How did that happen? So that's what I'm saying is that there's no promise given to Islam. There's no promise given in the Quran. There's no promise given from Muhammad. Uh, there is a promise given by God to the descendants of Hagar and Abraham. And those are the Ishmaelites. And God says, I'm going to bless them and I'm going to give him 12 sons. Why can't people see that? Honestly, why don't they understand? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get it. Honestly, until you've, ex until you've explained it now, I don't think I got it either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, because I mean, obviously, chronologically, there were Arab people before Islam, but I don't us. know why I had associated. All <laughs> oh, I need is some falafel and shawarma. <laughs> we're set. We're set. Well, Genius. and also, I didn't, I'm a Persian, so we hate being called Arabs. And so when I first met Andy, he told me, do I ride a camel? And I'm like, we don't have camels in Iran. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that we don't that eat was my falafel. pickup line. Yeah, and we don't eat falafel either. <laughs> you have well, no idea, Jack. Listen, it's funny, though, you should say that yeah. because I uh, I had, I watched someone get corrected. It was beautiful because it didn't involve me. I just watched it. <laughs> Someone at church was talking to somebody else and they said, um, oh, uh, we're, we're, we're visiting from Lebanon. Oh. And the guy said, oh, you're an Arab? And the, he almost got beat up. <laughs> it was amazing because when you're Lebanese, apparently you're not Arab, you're Phoenician or you're something. Yeah. But, but it was like, wow, really? Okay. But um, as, a, as a police officer, that's important training that we get in the academy about the different uh you know ethnicities. ethnicities about what it is you know do you show the bottom of your foot to certain people or do you know all these different things so yeah we learned that very early on to be careful uh, yeah, you really took it to heart that lesson i well <laughs> it depended sometimes you want to make the person upset <laughs> you're looking you're looking for a reason to arrest somebody in, you just say lord, something like Andy, that in the lord <laughs> that was before i was born again <laughs> yes yes oh that's good and now you're yeah all right, now I'm up. So, um, uh, you know, we know that you are in the know uh, with people and you get a lot of information and some of it you, I'm sure you can't share, but I just was wondering for our audience, when, again, we have a lot of people that are watching right now. Um, is there something, it, it, just given that Jesus doesn't come, you know, after our broadcast, uh, what, what do you know about what's ha gonna happen leading up to the next election that you think we should need to know? Is there gonna be another type of COVID? Is there some other stuff that you, that you can share with us that you may have a little inside scoop on? Spiritually, politically, yeah. socially, yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. So long as we get back to your original question though, uh, about the Jews and the help and standing with that was oh. important. we didn't answer that. No, we oh, didn't. I I'm thought sorry. I thought maybe you weren't going to. Oh gosh, no, I'd love to. But me, oh. I saw a squirrel in my mind and I went, oh. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about this. Uh, okay. Just on the norm. Number one, on the norm, you look at things on the surface and uh, it looks pretty bleak on the surface because the United States of America functions off of a belief system. A lot of people don't realize this. We do not have a dictator. It is not a totalitarian regime. We have a governing body document called the Constitution, and this country only works 
if the Constitution is adhered to. It turns out that for a long time now we know that we have been drifting from the Constitution. That's why anybody, by the way, this is so fun. So Hedia is Persian. I'm Portuguese. Andy, what 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 is your your background? Let's go with Mexican. Mexican. So listen, Canadian, wherever you're from, we bring our DNA to America. And we read the Constitution and we become a citizen. And it's quite amazing because if you drew blood from us and ran it through an analyzer, you could de you could detect that Hedia's origins is from the region of Persia and much more. Andy as well, Jack as well, from the areas of the Azores in Portugal. Okay, this is our DNA. But none of that information, none of that science would reveal that we are Americans. Mm. Sure. To sure. be an American is a choice you make. So now we have people in power who do not believe in the Constitution, though they used it to get there. They don't uphold the Constitution, and now we have powers, very, very powerful powers, who have been circumnavigating the Constitution for quite some time now, we discover, in investigations, spying on American citizens, things like this. So what in the world is going on? I have to, I have to be honest with you. When I first heard in 2015 the term deep state from some billionaire, I thought, what a nut job. <laughs> so did I. Deep state, what? Drain the swamp. What planet is this guy on? It turned out that the guy knew stuff that we didn't know. Right. And, but God did a, God did a weird thing. He gave us a Cyrus. If you read the Old Testament, he gave us like a King Jehu or a Cyrus. And wow, that was weird. And then, well, lo and behold, we'll never be able to ever overturn Roe v. Wade the murdering of babies. And then the Supreme court votes and has its shift. Didn't see that coming. Right. And then lo and behold, a wonderful Christian brother, Mike Johnson, who is his mild mannered constitutional attorney, really bright guy, but you'd never know he's in the room. And he is a very dear friend of a dear friend of mine. In fact, I was with Mike uh, last Thursday, a week from uh, actually a week from, from today. I was with Mike um, on a call with his wife and with a friend. And um, here's the great thing. Nobody saw Mike Johnson coming either, including Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson said, I didn't see myself even in the running whatsoever. Somebody put my name in the hat. Wow. And, and lo and behold, all the Republicans voted for me. And the next thing I knew, I was Speaker of the House. He said, I didn't see it coming. Wow. Yeah, amazing. But. He's he, he's a true real brother. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm trying to say, is that we don't know what's coming. If the powers that are floating around out there have it their way, from what we're hearing, there won't be an election. There'll be some issue that will that will uh, gin up some form of martial law. It's it's too unsafe to hold voting. We need to wait. We need to wait uh, and see how things turn out. There's too much violence. There's too much sickness. But God, right? Amen. Now, I'm personally, I'm very encouraged because I live in California. And we're seeing things change here in the grassroots level. Yes. 
that people are not realizing. Everybody sit down, get ready to be shocked. I was talking to Mike Johnson and told him, Mike, you owe me a visit to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills to give a message to the church. Why? Because you're now speaker of the house. And he said, how's that? And I said, because <laughs> the churches in California, we know for a fact in districts that were in play, we mobilized ballot yes. collection and we mobilized churches to vote. They went out and voted. California in 2022 sent more congressmen and women to Washington, D.C. than any other state. That caused Nancy Pelosi to be fired. Kevin McCarthy was installed. McCarthy was impeached. All of that to get Mike Johnson, a born-again believer and lover of God, into the speaker's seat. And I told him, you owe us a trip to California. And so... (laughs) Um, That's a good one. Absolutely. So I'm very encouraged because of God. I don't see much hope outside of God. I I pray that good people get involved in the republic that God has given us. So far lately, we've been kind of crummy stewards of that. But late, but equally lately in California, I'm so proud to be called a native Californian because we're watching some very cool things happening. And you guys are part of it. You're making a major shift uh, where you're at and people it's life changing. And I thank you guys for that. Yes. Speaking of that, I just want to thank you for uh, Sonia Shaw is a friend of mine. And I texted you when she was getting incredibly attacked (laughs) and um, you picked up right away and and we're reaching out to her. And uh, I just appreciate that so much. She needed your help. Yep. She's a, she's a modern day Deborah for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I want to share this. Did you have? Did well, we... he's he was going to answer the anti-Semitism. Oh, anti-Semitism. Standing, standing with Israel question. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, God says the Jewish people were picked by God. Book of Deuteronomy. He said, "I picked you not because you're special. I picked you not because you're better than anybody else. I picked you because you're stubborn. Uh-huh. I picked you because I'm going to use you guys as a display of my grace and mercy." And he called the Jew to be a Jew. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus was a Jew. Yes. Here's the thing. When I said in that clip, Andy, that you played, I, I need to go find a Jew. It's because I, I, I'm looking for Jewish people to tell them that at this time, they're loved by God. Okay. That's, that was the context. Here's the thing. So Jack, the Jews drive me crazy. They, they, they get me so upset. I understand. Uh, it's hard to talk to them. I get it. All of these things. But where were they when we called upon? They want us to stand for them. But when we called on them to stand for us, they didn't show up. I know. Here's the thing. The Jewish people, it's a very tight-knit community. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just telling you it's a very tight-knit community. And for them to go stand for someone else's cause as they would see it, is putting their neck out because they don't trust anybody. True. They believe they can't trust anybody. Now, I know three people right here on these screens that they can trust, but they don't know that. Right. But the, the truth of the matter is they've been burned by a lot of people, and I get it. I get, I get it. But even to the Jew that is the most 
cantankerous, if that's still a word today. God commands me, Paul the Apostle says, for right. me to provoke them to jealousy. I love their God. Listen, I was talking to some Jewish people last night. They were proud about being Jews. I shared some verses with them from the Old Testament. Old Testament. They didn't even know those verses were in the Bible. <laughs> and it shocked them. Well, guess what I just did? I provoked them to jealousy. So true. It's so true. Yeah. And so I've been asked so many times, you're a Gentile. How do you know our scriptures so much? And I said, because I, I study your scriptures to, to know your Messiah. You should try it sometime. You'll find out who he is. So, so is it, do they often not know that our Bible contains oh. the Old Testament? Oh, my goodness. How do you know they do not? Listen, wow. they're told by rabbis not to read the New Testament. They're told to stay away from it. And in fact, I'm not going to name names, but I have Jewish friends who they're not, they're only allowed to read the first five books of Moses. That's it. They, they, they don't read the prophets. They don't read the Psalms. They don't read the minor prophets. Nope. They don't read it. Wow. It's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. So the goal in life is for me to get a Jew to simply sit down and, and get a read through the Bible. I don't even have to listen. Shocker. I don't even have to get them to Matthew, who was a Jew, by the way. His name was Matthew Levi. <laughs> we don't even have to get them to the New Testament. If they would just read Genesis to Malachi, they would find out who the Messiah is. The Messiah, by the way, had to be born in Bethlehem. That's not a New Testament verse. That's right. Old Testament. He had to ride on the back of a little donkey that never, that no one ever rode upon. On Palm Sunday. And it said that the people would shout the 118th Psalm, mm -hmm. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's not New Testament. That's Old Testament. That's Zechariah and that's Psalms. He had to be pierced in his hands and his feet. That's not New Testament. That's Psalm 22. That's 3,000 years old. The Jews should know this. They should read it for themselves. I want to bring up my friend, Paul. Like I said, I work with him in the police department. He says that uh, this is a fantastic podcast. He says, Jack is a, uh, such a great teacher. Uh, proud to be a Messianic Jew. My life uh, definitely changed once I had a relationship with Jesus. Prayers for a great nephew that is one of the hostages. Yes, he oh, has my. a nephew that's a hostage. Yeah. My, let's do that right now. Lord, you know the name of this nephew and anyone and everyone who's around him or still held captive now. In your sovereign, sovereign power, almighty God, we pray that you would liberate all of them by whatever means you see fit. Heavenly Father, we pray for comfort and for peace, both those that are bound and held and those as my brother now is bearing this grief. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow. Wow. I feel so bad. We have so many good comments <laughs> um we have lisa who stands uh, where is it i just saw oh, here he goes or carrie i'm sorry she says it stands for israel stands with israel because the bible tells me to care about his people right. and his land and it's true uh, i mean uh, it, it, listen you are exactly right this is where i'm talking about uh, our our bible true biblical theology trumping our emotions because our emotions can get in the way you know what breaks my heart, you guys, and it's not talked about enough, is how many Palestinian people are being pimped, destroyed, molested, commandeered, stolen, hijacked by Hamas. Right. Okay. There's, a, there's, a, there's an estimated 1,000, for example, 
1,000 Palestinian Baptist Christians, born-again brothers and sisters in Gaza, that are enemies. Think about it. That, that, would, that would make them an enemy of Hamas. So we need to remember something. We need to, uh, I know our, our passions get going so much. We need to just pull back and realize, wait a minute. Number one, as a believer, this is a spiritual battle, first of all. What's going on here? And then I need to approach things carefully, biblically. But we can all agree that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars until Christ returns. This is a tragic time. People are dying. And, um, you know, you guys, I don't know quite what to do. I'm, I, I'm going to be viewing the uh, 40. I have an option to view the 46 minutes or the one hour and nine minute version of, of all that came off the body cams. Uh, and cell phones of Israelis and uh, Hamas terrorists. And um, so my thought is this, uh, at what point do we, should we, should Israel, should should Fox News, should CNN show, begin to show the things? I've, I saw eight minutes, things that are unspeakable. I do not believe a human being can do what I saw to another human being. I think a demon had that thought. There's no way. You cannot, there's no way. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say that when you hear things like, oh, it's AI. This is Israel propaganda. This is lies and spin. I think it's time that Israel and or Andy and Hedia or Jack start airing these things. If we could get access, uh, I know that I'm going to personally be seeing it at the at the invitation of an Israeli diplomat. But. And why do you want to see it? I don't want to see it, but I have to see it because it happened. And for me, yeah, what does does it feel I, like it adds legitimacy to when you talk about it, or you know, I guess it's the same thing where I do you guys even remember this Hedia? You weren't even born yet. Um, do you guys remember Nicholas Berg and Daniel Pearl? Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah, you know, most of the people on even on this in, intelligent group of viewers you have, most of them don't even know. Who I'm talking about? You know why I remember their names? Because of the video. Mm -hmm. Because I had a I had a friend that was uh, a Lebanese uh, friend. Um, well, you guys might know Brigitte Gabriel. Sure. Brigitte Gabriel said, uh, "America needs to see what's coming." That caught my attention, and so I watched the beheading of those two guys, and it changed my life. It changed my life because, believe it or not, it changed my life to pray for Muslims and even extremists like those who did the killing, the, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the uh, beheading, because I prayed against the demons that were in their life. And so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to see it because I believe that I, I need to know the depths as it were of, of the evil that happened so that I can more accurately speak about it, what I will not allow it to do. I will not, if I have any doubts of it affecting my emotions to thereby come out of that hating Muslims, 
I'm not going to do it because God doesn't hate Muslims. Um, so it, Israel's grieving. If this same thing was flipped around, I think I would still do the same. Uh, I think your viewing, it re reminds me of um, a, a criminal case. The, you know, being a police officer, I know the best witness is an eyewitness, mm. not one of hearsay. And so if we are going to speak about it, I think it's important that we know what we are talking about and to be that witness that uh, is credible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important also for people to understand that when you say that they're being held prisoner, the um, the Muslims, Palestinians to Hamas, uh, we used to always try to explain to people when trying to understand that conflict that the Saudi, the Emiratis, those rulers could solve that problem in an hour if you they were, wanted to. So but it's the opiate of the masses. It's the opiate of the entire Middle East masses and now the West. Where anytime there's any kind of political unrest or discussion of bad economics, corruption, you name it, they say, well, look at the Palestinians. At least you're not a Palestinian, you know, and they're still in camps. They still, after decades in, in Lebanon and Georgia, are still in camps because they themselves know that this is the greatest way to deflect from the corruption and the ineptitude of their own governments. So, Hedia, uh Per square mile, what place on earth receives more international money per square mile and per population than any other place on earth? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what is going on here? Um, why is it that Sisi in Egypt is saying, and Abdullah in Jordan, and what's the guy? I always get his... Always get his acronym messed up. MLB, Major League Baseball. Who's the guy in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Sorry. What, what's yeah. yeah, I can't remember the acronym either. But that, uh, Sorry. Anyway, why did those countries say, we don't want one Palestinian coming right. into our borders? Why did they say that? Because they're horrible people. Terrorists. <laughs> they're dangerous. Strange. But don't you think Egypt could have maybe just set up a base camp or something? Absolutely. They won't do it. No, they won't. They won't do it. So they're stuck with this, you know, miserable situation that they're in too. And they're, and it's kind of, it's, they've been indoctrinated so long. Um, it yeah. kind of reminds, unfortunately, reminds us of what we're seeing in our own country. When you indoctrinate kids for so long in a public education system, that's rotten. Um, then you're not surprised at why you're raising rotten adults. And that's so right. the same thing has happened <laughs> for the Palestinians is that, They've been indoctrinated by Hamas and, you know, Palestinian Islamic Jihad propaganda for so long. They're just rotten. Yeah. Three weeks ago, they were saying that uh, they didn't kidnap any kids or babies. And now that they're releasing babies, they go, oh, they didn't hurt the babies. Hurt the <laughs> hey, look at they're feeding them. What do you mean they're feeding them? They kidnapped them. It, yeah. it's, it's, how, it just keeps on changing. How did you get that baby? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. It's, it is an amazing world we're living in. It is a heartbreak. Um, um, on a side note, though, you know, God takes evil things that have happened, things that hurt, things that injure. Think of COVID on the mild side and think of this October 7th attack on the extreme side. And yet God will use. He doesn't cause them, but he'll use them. And so for us personally, uh, since October 7th, uh, we have been, we have had, unbelievable interactions and 
can I say airtime, playtime? What's the word? It's views uh, in excess of 1.8 million views in Israel, Jews wow. watching our program uh, all of a sudden. Why all of a sudden on Sundays there's Jews coming from L.A. to attend church? I Something's going on. And um, could it be that they're reaching back for hope and strength in, in a time of fear? And they're realizing that they have no deep promise and they need the word of God. And that is true for the Muslim today. Yes. The Muslim today needs to know that in his or her Quran, they're not going to find the comfort and the love that has always been waiting for you in the Bible. Amen. Remember, the Bible was there first. Just out of curiosity, check it out. Just read what God has to say about what he thinks about you. And you know what? Man, I'm telling you, all of the efforts and all of the things that you think you must do to maybe be acceptable, you need to take a big, beautiful rest in the love of God. Amen. Listen, isn't it wonderful? He's transcendent. He's not, listen, God came to earth and became a man and he became a man as a Jew. But listen, the Bible says God is spirit. Isn't it wonderful? He's not an American. He's not a Canadian. He's not an Iranian. He's, not, he's none of that. He's transcendent. And he's reaching out to you and he's telling you, stop resisting me. Just surrender to me. Yeah. I love you. I died on the cross for you. And I want you to come home to me. Amen. And uh, if you would just try, just test him and see. I always tell him, I said, don't take my word for it. Ask him. <laughs> exactly. He's a relational God. He speaks. Yes. He'll tell you himself. Oh, who I he love is. it. <laughs> yeah. He told me, he goes, hey, talk to that girl you're standing next to in line at uh, Calvary Chapuchino Hills. <laughs> and here we are. Hey, here we are. Yep. Have, yep. have not left each other's side. Andy, you're so welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, MBS, you are very close. M M M B MBS. Mohammed bin Soud. It's oh, yeah. down there at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> April. Um, yes. Yes. Yes, we probably should. I just want, Lisa says that she saw a video of 200 Palestinians coming to faith that are in Gaza. Well, I've not heard that, but I hope yeah. that's true. I, hope that's yeah. true I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm so sorry, people. I, there's so many good comments and questions. You, um, you, uh, you guys are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish I could have shared them all. I kind of warned them that I probably would yeah, be able to get to a couple them. of them. So, but um, Thanks, Pastor Jack, Pastor. we just appreciate you so much taking the time to do this um, and being on with us, and um, we just love you and appreciate everything that you do for our country. And can you pray, uh, pray us out? Yeah, before I do, you, it's mutual and. People don't realize this, maybe, huh? but how we were just talking is how we would sit down, the three of us, over a coffee and at a, at a couch and talk. Amen. So this is the family of God. And yeah. Lord, well, I, 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 yes. I was going to say, I meant to say this, that uh, our friend, our mutual friend, Bruce Lynn, uh, worked with him at Anaheim Police Department. I love him. Um, the most important thing, and, I, and I, I wanted to share this at the beginning, and I completely forgot, but... Uh, when I, when my church did exactly what you said, it went woke and it went to, to just a bunch of nonsense and closed down. Uh, I wandered into Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. I have no idea how I found it. Um, and then my son gave his life to Jesus Christ. He was 14. He walked up and, you know, we took a picture and that's when I saw Bruce. 
But my first question to Bruce was that I just want to know, is, is Jack, is that the real guy? Is the guy on stage the guy you would see, you know, at the grocery store or wherever? And Bruce assured me that you are that same guy. And uh, that's the most important thing I want people to know mm. that, that you are the real deal, that you are, are not fake in any way whatsoever, that you are uh, who you are on stage. Your integrity is amazing. And uh, again, that's one of the reasons why we love you so much. Thank you, Andy and Hedia. We live publicly. Everybody knows where we live. We're in and out of our community. We shop here. We live here. We, we, yeah, we're honored and blessed. And I, but I, I want to thank you guys for all that you're doing. And, um, Hedy, Merry I'm Christmas. Just, Merry Christmas to you guys. <laughs> I, I'm Hedy. I'm just so blessed because I just remember just watching and listening uh, the faith journey that you have gone through and the cost that you've paid uh, in your life to follow Jesus. Uh, and yet the Lord obviously is rewarding you and shall reward you all the more. And uh, and thank so, you. You've you, made me, uh, you've, you're, you're the one that's turned me from a baby Christian to a mature Christian. So thank you for all the teaching. Thank you for all the lessons. Thank uh, you for the prayers. Thank you for the husband. I mean, <laughs> all, all, I got all of it right there at Chino Hills. So yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll close this out now, you guys, father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this precious couple. And and Lord, they're great examples of, of just how it's done right. Both of them seeking you in worship, both of them seeking you in the word and in the fellowship of the saints, and they bump into each other. <laughs> Lord, we just pray that that would happen a million times over with so many others. Lord, I pray that you'd bless their family, their health, their ministry, their life, their love. God, I pray that nothing would come between them, that no weapon formed against them would prosper. And Father, that you'd cause their love and passion for each other to grow more and more every day. And Lord, above all things, we know that we can't rightly love one another, nor our family or our children, uh, without loving you most and best. And Father, you're amazing. You're so secure that you turn right around and you tell us, if you love me, love your wife, love your husband. If you love me, love your kids. And so, Lord, help us to dance that dance with you every day. And, Lord, cause us to be planning for the next 100 years while at the same time looking up to meet you today. I thank you for the both of them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you, Jack. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Love you, guys. Love, Love you, too. You. God Take bless. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.